0: Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp. That works for you.
1: Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers on the broadcast today. State Senator Edgar Flores joins us. He's here from the whole show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. Big R in Sparks is located on Bering Boulevard next to Smith's and across from Reed High School. It's a 50,000 square foot hardware store and a whole lot more. It's huge, with clothing, power equipment, tools, and of course, hardware. Big R is located on Bering Boulevard in Sparks, next to Smith's and opposite Reed High School. Big R, hardware and a whole lot more.
2: Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashow.com. It's the 10 million point Break the Bank giveaways at Tamarack Casino. Plus, win your share of 50000 in cash. The 10 million point Break the Bank giveaways 50000 in cash at Tamarack Casino. Now through February 25th, your good times are at Tamarack Casino.
0: Pro Group Management offers workers' comp services to a growing number of industries. As businesses grow and change with the times, the need for a solid workers' comp program must be flexible and up-to-date. The evolving nature of regulations can make staying ahead of complex tasks challenging. But Pro Group Management simplifies the work so your industry can move forward and succeed. Pro Group Management. Workers' comp that works for you. NEVADA NEWSMAKERS STUDIO IS LOCATED AT THE HEADQUARTERS OF THE NEVADA TRUCKING ASSOCIATION. MOTION AND PURPOSE ARE A TRUCK'S GREATEST VIRTUE. THIS IS NEVADA NEWSMAKERS WITH HOST SAM Shan, A NO-HOLDS BARRED POLITICAL FORUM. NOW FROM THE NEVADA NEWSMAKERS BROADCAST HEADQUARTERS, HERE IS SAM SHAD.
1: I'm back on Nevada Newsmakers. We're delighted to welcome to the program State Senator Edgar Flores of Senate District 2. Uh, you probably recall him as uh, the Assemblyman for District 28 since 2015. Welcome to the program, sir.
3: Thank you for having
1: me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so, I, you know, I, I was doing a little bit of research on you and, uh, and was interested to discover that in a way you're a product of the Latin Chamber of Commerce. Is that correct?
3: That's absolutely correct. Uh, um, I'm very grateful to the mentors that I had there, uh, specifically Otto Merida, um, that we all know. And uh, he took me under his wing. I'll quickly share that I went to the Land Chamber of Commerce many, many years ago, made a presentation to try to fundraise some money for um, an activity that we were doing at the uh, university at the time, UNLV. And they said, unfortunately they couldn't fundraise or uh, participated in that activity, but then they hired me on the spot. <laughs> oh, wow. It, it was somehow a job interview. I was not aware.
1: <laughs> okay. And 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 they, they helped you at the beginning of your business, your law business?
3: Yes. So I'll share four really important things. Uh, thanks to them, I was able to pay for an LSAT course um, that we needed to take that is necessary when you go into law school. Uh, Thanks to them, I was able to uh, help pay for some of my books. Thanks to them, uh, when we leaped from being a student to opening up our firm, particularly the building we're in now, they helped us get some seed money. Uh, That's just a a very long winded way of saying that the Land Chamber of Commerce has been instrumental to me in my personal career, uh, but also just lasting friendship. I see them as friends, mentors and human beings that i consider family
1: and and not necessarily politically advi- uh, aligned uh, but community
3: aligned that's 100 percent true I, I've, I always tell folk that peter guzman victoria uh um, and that she's no longer with them and uh Merida are the republicans that turned me into the democrat i am today <laughs>
1: well <laughs> we, we will take that as you said it um so let me start out with uh, this legislative session that's upcoming here. Um, and as we air this, you know, it's it's just about to begin. Um, what was your response to the governor's state of the state address?
3: Well, it's difficult for, for anybody, even in an hour. I, I know he was up there for an hour to lay out the future of Nevada as uh, any particular individual sees it. Um, Understandably, there are things that were either very broad and or uh, we still need to see them play out. Uh, Ultimately, Nevadans decided that he is our governor. And I think once November hit and the elections were finalized, we all have a responsibility to get to work for Nevada. Uh, So I walked in with that mindset uh, and that that is my mindset now, that now we're all just Nevadans trying to do the best we can. Uh, We're going to disagree. Uh, without a doubt that, that's normal um i disagree with my colleagues on the left and i disagree with my colleagues on the right uh, i think there isn't a single nevadan that can sit around a kitchen table or a dinner table and agree with every family member so it, it'd be crazy for us to expect that we could do that as, as elected officials uh, so i say that only to lay out the framework to make it clear that of course there's things that i disagree with uh but we haven't seen any of this play out. We haven't seen legislation. We haven't sat down at a bargaining table. We haven't done any of that. And that's really where the work occurs. I think up until this point, everybody can say whatever they want, um, but it's very different once we have to sit down and actually take care of Nevadans and, and do what's best for them. Um, I'll share, and I, and I know that there's a lot of things that were said, uh, we, we have, a a tremendous responsibility of taking care of our students and our teachers. Uh, I've been in the Nevada State Legislature since 2015, and there hasn't been a time where that wasn't one of the top issues, along with healthcare and employment. Uh, I say that because, obviously, the governor mentioned a $2 billion investment. Uh, And it's important to just make clear that Those $2 billion did not just randomly appear out of nowhere and or, nor uh, uh, were they some creative invention that happened during the uh, state of the state. Uh, That is the result of very hard work over the years of modernizing the uh, per pupil funding formula, of consistently coming to the table, of very long nights of negotiating, of very long nights of hard work um, from our colleagues for the years uh, prior to 2023. And luckily uh, it it sounds great that he is in line with ensuring that just as the funding formula was supposed to work, which is as more funding is there, we are investing more, that he's aligned himself with that. Um, You know, there was concerns ultimately, but again, without having a clear point by point, here's where we're gonna do this. It's difficult for me to dissect and, and really try to utilize, before even the conversation starts, this as an opportunity to take hits on the governor, but to start drawing divisive lines. You know, I think we, we, we should line align ourselves where, where we have common ground and start working from there.
1: Okay, and, 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 and that's a great point. Uh, before we get to that though, um, I was surprised that, you know, uh, over the years, I've had many conversations with NSEA um, about, you know, what kind of funding that they would like to see. And the the number has always been, well, we need a billion dollars extra. And so here in the governor's state of the state, he puts in $2 billion over the biennium. And NSCA then puts out a press release slamming it because it's not going in the right direction. Were you a little disappointed? Um, And and by the way, Alexander Marks from NSCA will be on the program next week, so he can respond to this as well. But were you disappointed that that was the opening salvo, that the governor didn't even get a five-minute break uh, before he starts being jumped on?
3: Well, I will say this, I, I, and this is in all sincerity, I, I, I was not aware that NSEA uh, put out a statement. Um, and I also don't know exactly what, where, the, where the premise of, of that concern is coming from. Uh, I, I, I know that in conversations with teachers and, and colleagues of mine, uh, there was concerns about talking about, and, and we may uh, get into this conversation a little bit later, uh, when we were talking about opportunity scholarships, and I don't know if, if that's the angle that they were coming at this from, where they were concerned of the, the, the possibility of taking uh, resources as we've often had this and engaged in this conversation from the public schools going elsewhere. I, I don't know if that's the angle they were coming at this from, or if in general, uh, and by the way, uh, again, just to make it both clear, the, the $2 billion that, that were discussed in the state of the state it's consequence to all the work that legislators did in the years leading up to 2023. Everything that we were supposed to do with the federal funding was put in in a lot of the very important sectors like nonprofits, like gaming. Uh, uh, and I know there was a lot of uh, folk who came out and, and said, we need to do more with housing and the local jurisdictions uh, started creating programs. I, I mentioned that I'm don't to make the point that because all the federal funding was put in, in the hands of our essential stakeholders and with local jurisdictions to help in the areas of most need. As a consequence to that, uh, we are now in a situation where we fortunately have more money than we originally anticipated. Uh, but I, I would at a minimum say without knowing what, what angle they were coming from, it's difficult for me to say whether or not I agree with, partially the premise of the argument or not. Uh, again, my my perspective right now is we gotta get to work. Nevadans uh, have been through some very difficult years. The last thing they wanna know is that there's political games happening uh, with split government. They specifically and purposefully uh, decided to have split government. And I think we have a responsibility that if that's what Nevada wanted, that we now work together.
1: Okay, let me just ask you one more question on this uh, education front, um, uh, which is: um, Do you support money going towards vouchers? Do you see uh, support money going towards parochial schools, um, or does it all have to go to the Clark County, uh, or not to the Clark County, but to, but to to the uh, uh, public school systems across the state?
3: Sure, you know I'm I'm open to engage in any conversation, quite frankly. But the bottom line is this. We consistently attack uh, our public school, our our public teachers consistently say that they're they're not doing enough. And I think we all agree that there's been an evolution in education where we expect the teacher to be a math teacher, a hall monitor, a counselor, a etiquette professional, um, discipline, police, you know, I, I when I speak to our teachers, they're doing it all, and we've we've held them at a very we put them on a very high pedestal because they are amazing. They, they are an essential uh, uh, member of our community, and without them, our, our, our everything collapses. But in putting them in such a high pedestal, we've put all the responsibilities on them, and and accountability has moved away from the rest of us. And so I, I say that. To make the point that when we see our public schools not performing at the level that we want them to, uh, we have a tendency to just naturally keep pointing the finger at at the teachers in the public school uh, without acknowledging the basic facts that there's huge vacancies, classroom sizes are still out of control, um, we don't have enough support staff, Uh, we've unfortunately been in in a scenario where there are students that come in with a whole host of challenges and we haven't yet addressed those adequately. So until we do that, and until we genuinely uh, uh, do meaningful investments in those areas, it's difficult for me to say that public schools are, are broken and, and they're, not, they're never gonna work because the model is broken. I, I think what, what hasn't been working is us repeating the same thing within our public schools. Every single child, regardless of a zip code, should have a quality educator. Every single educator should want to go and work in whatever zip code they want. And every single educator shouldn't be afraid of work in a particular zip code. right? I I think once all those things are true, that our public educators are saying, look, we have the meaningful investments, and then we're somehow finding these huge gaps uh, uh, academically because the performance of the teachers is not, not where we need them. Then at that point, I think we can engage in these other conversations of, should we start talking about private schools? Should we start looking at them?
1: Okay, well, uh, you know, it's been interesting over the last couple of years, uh, under when he was Sheriff Lombardo, um, he instituted a a program that's part of a national program uh, whereby uh, when you call 911 and you're having a mental health crisis, that instead of an officer responding, uh, those calls are diverted to mental health counselors, which allows the police to concentrate on policing um, would you like to see something like that operate within the school system? Because I agree with you, teachers are being asked to do everything. Um, and, and, you know, it takes away from their ability to teach. So it doesn't seem to be a fair comparison.
3: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll quickly say, and just, in my brother's an educator. My little brother teaches uh, middle school and, and, and uh, some high school students, and he loves his job but I hear it firsthand directly from him. Uh, some of the very difficult challenges that he has to go through on a daily basis. And, and that's a long-winded way of saying, I, I hear it firsthand and it's difficult to teach science um, when there's a, a million other things happening inside of that classroom. And I think having the support staff and or having mental health professionals coming in is key to success. And you know we, we've become much more astute you know, mental health conversations weren't as prominent, and they, they they were more part of the emerging discourse than what was happening on site many years back. I think we've all become much more in tune and much more educated with what mental health really is. Uh, we've broken down some of those stereotypes and and things that we traditionally just shied away from, and we realize that it's something real, it's identifiable, and it's and it's something we can work with, right? We we have individuals that are trained. So that we can give specialized uh, uh, attention to to students who need that extra love. Uh, And I know if I told my brother uh, that if he, in any given scenario, uh, would have an opportunity to just pick up the phone and call somebody who could help with a student who was out of control. uh, I know he, in a heartbeat, would say that is a great start to some of the many challenges he faces every single day.
1: Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back more with State Senator Edgar Flores after this timeout. The do it right guys at Nevada Heating have one mission. Your furnace breaks down today, we fix it today. Why freeze for days while your furnace is down when Nevada Heating can get the job done today and you can get warm again? For nearly 50 years, locally owned Nevada Heating has been getting the job done right. Call today at 323-5585 and we'll fix it today. That's 323-5585 or online at NevadaHeating.com.
2: Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real. It's growing. And it needs your help. Go online to CarsonCityGreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. point break the bank giveaways at tamarack casino plus win your share of 50,000 in cash the 10 million point break the bank giveaways plus 50,000 in cash at tamarack casino now through february 25th your good times are at tamarack casino
0: like a traditional handmade basket retail is woven into the fabric of life in nevada from big box to mom and pop retail supports our communities in countless ways Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over one in ten workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail.
2: R A N N V dot org.
0: This is Nevada Newsmakers.
1: And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with State Senator Edgar Flores. He is uh, the senator for District Two. Um, I was talking to a whole bunch of people about you in this interview, and uh, somebody said to me, uh, point out to the senator that not every Hispanic is a culinary worker. What's your response to that?
3: I agree. Um, we're small business owners. I happen to be one. We are attorneys. We are uh, employees, employers. We are studying. We are uh doing four or five different tasks at the same time. uh, I I agree that we're not all culinary workers and and quite frankly, uh, not all Latinos are are anything and which is why it's so difficult when we talk about the political campaign and trail uh, for political parties to pinpoint exactly what the talking points are when addressing the Hispanic community, but that's a good thing. It means that there has to be meaningful investment in conversations. And it also means that uh, when we're having conversations about who Hispanics are, that we not uh, continue this perpetual uh, uh, stereotype that we're all just employees. And, and that's a good and healthy thing to point out. And it's important. With that said, it's important to also acknowledge that uh, the culinary membership is made up of a lot of Hispanics. And when they are speaking on their behalf, they come through a very passionate and meaningful lens because uh, they are firsthand seeing some of the challenges of their community and they're seeing it directly through their membership. So while I I agree that we have to acknowledge that we come in all shapes, colors, uh, uh, backgrounds and are doing very different things in our professional lives, that it's important that we can't uh, minimize the voice of of one particular aspect of the Hispanic community, when, when it's coming through through the lens of the culinary union, because they are in the front lines and the trenches and are hearing firsthand a lot of those challenges.
1: All right, let's take another break. We'll be back with Senator Flores after this timeout.
2: Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel always at the cutting edge of progress.
1: Brian Culpa Photography was born in the rolling hills of Massachusetts, and now he can help you experience the stunning beauty of Nevada in a whole new way through the power of flight. Flying has always been a passion for Brian, and at Brian Culpa Photography, he can make your imagination soar. Brian has the creative mind and tools to tell your unique story. Experience the bird's eye view
0: at brianculpaphotography.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers.
1: And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with State Senator Edgar Flores of District 2. Um, So you have um, a Hispanic caucus. Do you see a time, perhaps even in this session, where the Hispanic caucus um, is is neither Democrat nor Republican, but its own entity, and that if an issue comes up, um, that instead of talking about major majorities and super majorities in the two houses The 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 hispanic caucus is also a force
3: i appreciate that question i I often think about that and i think most elected officials in general have a tendency of wearing multiple hats And, and if i could just use a very simple example uh we are often working in the front lines with our unions and with our different uh, nonprofits and we have a great relationship, relationship with them. But I also have a lens of a small business owner. So even through something that innocent, I am wearing multiple hats. Uh, and often there may be issues where perhaps uh, the Hispanic caucus believes that it is best to go in one direction and the Republican party or the Democratic party may think it's best to go in a different direction. I, I think that is very normal. But I think the Hispanic caucus now has a meaningful relationship and maybe not as strong with the Republican leadership, but I think we do have it meaningfully with the Democratic leadership. In fact, on the uh, assembly side, uh, Sandra Haudergi, who's a proud member of the Hispanic caucus is also a, uh, the, the assembly majority leader. And I know she has to wear multiple hats in that lane. I make that point only to make it clear that I think we're already having meaningful conversations and I think there's been moments where we have uh, the agreed to disagree a relationship and that's perfectly healthy and normal.
1: Uh, do you see a point where uh, the Hispanic caucus uh, can change from being a Democrat majority at some point uh, to moving more in a Republican depending on what the issue is? And we have about 20 seconds here.
3: I don't know. I, I think it would depend on the issue. But I think if we had a conversation about how we could more meaningfully help the entrepreneur, for example, spirit of the the Latino community, I think there is this perception that Democrats would somehow push it against that. But I think we're aligned, and I think Republicans are aligned in that issue too. So I don't know what issue that could happen, but it's possible, but I just haven't seen it.
1: And that's where we have to leave it. I look forward to seeing you in person in Carson City. Uh, We'll be taping down there at the bank saloon Uh, starting in March. So please come across the street and visit with us. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, State Senator Edgar Flores, and we'll be right back.
3: Truck drivers are some of the hardest working people you'll meet, delivering over 70% of America's freight and 92% of Nevada's. When there's a natural disaster, they're delivering critical supplies to help those communities recover and rebuild. Every sector of the economy and our nation's military rely on truck drivers. So let's take a moment to say thank you on the open road. Or city streets, our truck drivers are rolling to make our economy and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward.
2: Hi, I'm Renee Summer, our digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming non-stop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather, and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the valley. From Roku Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube, and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. It's the 10 million point Break the Bank giveaways at Tamarack Casino. Plus, win your share of 50000 in cash. The 10 million point Break the Bank giveaways plus 50000 in cash at Tamarack Casino. Now through February 25th, your good times are at Tamarack Casino.
1: As always, you watch Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. We'll see you on the next show.